Ki Down to Earth Conversations Audible Arts Special. Today we have creative offerings from a number of guests of the podcast, starting with episode 5 guest Julia Grace, welcoming us into the Christmas season with their beautiful Waiata. Julia is a singer songwriter, a public speaker, and an advocate for mental wellness and normalizing the struggles we all have to varying degrees. Uh, she's incredibly funny and a wonderful human, so go check her out on episode 5. For the rest of the episode, we have a number of spoken word artists sharing with us, as well as a beautiful new waiata by Music with Michael. And then to finish, you'll get to hear the story I wrote for Etu Tangata, read by Tamariki. So the first poet we have sharing today was a guest back on episode 11, where we talked about poetry, how and why he changed his name, and the messiness that comes with truly working towards racial equality, particularly in our workplaces. Takarari Fitiao Scarborough is a former member of the very influential group, the South Auckland Poets Collective. While he isn't involved as much in the scene like he used to be, it was Takarari who first introduced me to spoken word a decade ago. Uh, he did that with this poem that he's allowed me to share today. This is a live performance of his poem, Paura. I remember the first time I ever held my son. He was beautiful. There were no trumpets. I didn't hear angels herald his birth. There was no immaculate conception, but there must have been hay bales or something because he looked perfect. And I was useless against his charms, against those big blue eyes that for a year and a half I prayed would change colour. So he resembled me in the slightest. (laughs) But now three years on, those blue eyes I love. Scared. The first time I drove him home from the hospital, I would have made Nana's look like boy races I was that kid for. So convinced that my son was different, that he was special. I'm sure every parent thinks that. But they're wrong, my son is special. 
I always thought of my son as a miracle child because despite the three times medical professionals advised he wouldn't survive, he did. Amazed at how something not even 12 weeks could be the most important thing to me, but he survived the ultrasound revealing heartbeats because he was my miracle child. Someone at work tried to comfort me next to the photocopier of all things. She said, don't worry, Zane. Me and my husband had to go through five miscarriages before our daughter was born. I never forgot that. We named him Paura, a name translated from Māori into English meaning Paul. A name translated from Greek and Hebrew texts into our cultural context. Paul was an apostle in the Bible, who just like me believed in a God that would embody the body of a nobody and then denied a somebody so one day he would become somebody. We named him Pada, just to piss off every teacher who can't roll their ass. <laughs> so everyone who mispronounces his name will remind him that he is cut from a slightly different cloth. Pada, not Paora or Pora, but the name given to him by my own mother's family, whose dark skin will remind him that he is still Māori, even if he needs more SPF than anyone else I know. <laughs> He's pasty. <laughs> his veins testify that his blood type was also another. Mamai, Kofuri, Karanga, the first time his extended family extended their arms around his body was at a tummy. We played past the parcel with them, and those blue eyes cut through the blackest of days, as if my son's rays reminded people of sunny days. He was healing in that place, tiny, at only four pounds nine. A reminder of second chances and new beginnings with his cries. Salty tears fell from wrinkled faces, and in grief and in redemption, he was baptized. You see, every night before I put my son to bed, I put his head in my palm, I press his nose against mine, I inhaled and filled my lungs, and I think perfect, and I think charmer, and I think miracle child, and I think thank you, God, he survived. My life was changed. Ah, tino pai te kariri. Still so inspiring all these years later. Dietrich Suakai performed alongside te kariri that day when I first discovered this beautiful art form. Um, he's also a member of the South Auckland Poets Collective and he spent many years working with youth in a variety of organisations um, and is now in a managing role in the Christchurch branch of Voice, who work to advocate for children when agencies are involved in deciding what's best for the child's future. We talk about that, poetry, and much more on episode 34. This poem is one Dietrich wrote for the organisation CAP, or Christians Against Poverty, who work with churches to get alongside people who are caught in the system of loan sharks and poverty and help them to climb their way out into financial freedom and stability. This is Dietrich Sorkai with Have You Seen Her? Have you seen her? I have. She used to queue up here on Thursdays with her eyes dark like empty shopping bags, heavy from a lack of sleep circling her vision. When worry is a deafening train screaming through her mind, it's hard to hear anything else. When your thoughts echo with panic every time a blocked phone number rings through, overwhelmed with bills unpaid and letters of payment overdue, they would litter her letterbox. But she would speak a storm of vows to never let this happen again. But she's grown up with IOUs and you only know what you know, so she sinks deeper into the blue. 
to swim with loan sharks, to pay for an overdraft, and they can smell desperate and helpless from miles away. A credit trail of final notice, titled in blood red. Families like hers are a living, feeding frenzy. But there is no grace in these red letters, just a building of bills towering over her, a buildup of anxiety terrorizing her mind so to silence it, she just chucked them in the bin. Because she hated how it made her feel lesser than, lesser than normal, lesser than average, lesser than good mother, less good, less mother, lesser stolen hope, less broken faith, less taken joy, less. She told me that she can't remember the sound of her own laugh, that there is no rest in sleep, just numbers that don't add up. They always end in deficit and in lack. And she gives so much of her energy, silencing her tears so her kids don't hear the arguments or the words possessed with malicious spirits that he reached out for to cope. Some nights they would sit heavy on his breath as he would try his best not to succumb to the pressure of being this deep, this stuck. She said he's always been a hard worker and I know this because I've seen his hands calloused with duty and sacrifice during the day there's a mix of dirt and concrete tightly packed under his fingernails. And at night, his hands are black from the roadworks and under the table, odd job. Anyone could see that these two loved their kids, but she said even sharks can look like dolphins in the dark. And even a curse can sound like a blessing when both options look like dead end streets with one way in and no way out. When poverty is a poor mindset, stealing at one's ability to make a house a home. There's no room for hope because it's overcrowded with guilt and shame. Too many New Zealand families are left to feel alone. But things will be different because the next time you see her and you ask her how it all changed, she'll tell you it started with just an ordinary person who dared to care enough to be liked, a total stranger who spoke a language that rung of love. You, you with eyes full of faith, helped see them through, saw what they could not. You who gave voice when powerlessness and stress silenced their ability to speak, you spoke up, a lighthouse. You were a part of the lifeline in the sea of chaos and shark-infested waters, in need of a miracle, a signpost pointing to truth, that God is still restoring all things new and full healing, joyful, speaking, faithful, vision, hopeful. And sometimes we just need to know that hope is just around the bend, to be reminded that we are not alone and we are not forgotten. This is a modern day miracle, lovingly and beautifully unfolding for her, her family, our families and our country. And it all starts with having eyes to see and ears to hear. So have you seen her? Because I have. And I trust that you do too. I love how much light Dietrich sheds on the reality of life for some people, but how much hope he finishes with. So beautifully hot. Yet a third member of the South Auckland Poets Collective to appear on the podcast is Mohammed Hassan. On episode 59, we discuss poetry and storytelling and how Muhammad got into journalism. We talk about his journey in the media, particularly as a Muslim here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 
and his covering of the terrible aftermath of the mosque shootings here in Ototahi Christchurch. We also discuss his book, How to Be a Bad Muslim, in which he shares essays covering being Muslim in Western countries, his battle with poor mental health and the way he got through challenging times, and the beauty of friendship. We also discussed his podcast, The Guest Room, recorded for Radio New Zealand, in which Muhammad revisits the mosque attacks one year on. Today, Muhammad shares a poem he wrote for that podcast. This is Muhammad Hassan with The Guest House. In this house we have one room. Bring only what you want to leave behind. We open doors with both hands, passing batons from death to life. Come share with us this tiny piece we built from broken tongues and one-way boarding passes, from kauri bark and scholarships, from kaitiaki and kin. In this house we are all broken, all strange, all guests. We are holding space for you, stranger, friend. Come angry, come dazed, come hand against your frail, come open wounded, come heart between your knees, sick and sleepless, seeking shelter, come crawling in your lungs. Come teeth inside your grief, come shattered peace, come foreign doubt, come unrequited sun, come shaken soil, come unbearable canyon, come desperately alone, untuned blossom, wild and hollow prayer, come singing doubt, come swimming to land. Come weep, come whisper, come howl into embrace. Come find a new thread, a gentle light, a glass jar to hold all of your dust. Come closer, come in, you are welcome. Thank you so much, Muhammad. That is truly a beautiful gift. Earlier this year, I celebrated my 50th episode with a fantastically fun episode with Michael Bush, aka Music with Michael. Michael won the New Zealand Children's Singer of the Year this year, and she writes music for kids that parents will love to. Today we hear her latest offering, the music video of which was actually shot by another former guest, Dylan Jones, Um, And so today we're going to hear the audio version of that. This is Special Day by Music with Michael.
so love that co-papa that heart you know it's a special day because you're in it i hope you all hear that directed at you because we all need to hear that sometimes back in 2019 i was commissioned to write a poem for tear funds mini justice conference here in christchurch and it was actually hearing the speakers that evening that gave me the last push to get this podcast up and running two of those speakers have since become guests on the podcast Ben Scott of Benny's Barbers on episode 2, and Alana Chapman of 27 Seconds Wine on episode 26. I'm not quite sure how I didn't get her on episode 27, that was a fail on my part, but anyway, that night was a significant moment for me, and so I thought I'd share the poem that I shared that night. Uh, Here is a poem called Things He Said. Follow me, he said to the down and outers, the true self-doubters, the rejected and despised. Your worth is beyond measure and your future yet untold. What is your name, he said to the one who indeed had none but the legion he'd been given by his own inner demons. Stripped of name, home, humanity, his dignity now returned. Stretch out your hand, he said, in the presence of they who believed in God but not compassion whose commitment to one another meant rejecting the other. Yet a withered hand stretched out, 
and was withered no more. Go in peace, he said, to she who grasped the hem of his cloak. An act of desperation and hope, an act not condoned by the system, but she never fit their system anyway. Neither did he. Let them come, he said, of those despised of age, an annoyance to be suppressed by all but he. For a little gold is still gold, a little light still shines in the dark, and much can be learned from they whose hearts have not been hardened by the scars of years. Be clean, he said. Not words of judgment on the dirty, but of compassion on the broken. Words of healing, wholeness, hope. Always words of hope. That one day injustice would be destroyed. That brokenness would itself be broken. Its strangling hands pried open. The breath of life once again drawn deep into the lungs. He embraced those whose souls bore gaping wounds while men of faith cut them off. He entered the homes of the wrong kinds of people, ate with the wrong kinds of people, spoke to the wrong kinds of people, loved the wrong kinds of people, and gave of himself that even death might be undone. You, go and do the same, he said to me. Joel McHero is a creative superstar. He's a poet, a writer, a podcaster, a painter, a teacher, a mentor, and so much more. I connected with Joel for episode 31, where we heard about his journey, his passion for story, and the time he accidentally performed at a major Canadian festival. In this episode, we hear a beautiful piece from his online exhibition, Human, where he combined paintings, sketches, and poetry alongside Enneagram numbers. That's still available to see on his website, so I'll pop that in the show notes. Uh, This is a beautiful poem from that called Desire. Everyone feels it. Or if they do not feel it, they hear it or sense it or know it. Somewhere deep inside this desire to be swept up into beauty, into the cascade of life, into the movement of the sacred. We know this, have known this, always known this, this pull at our ankles softly, this coaxing, taking us out into the flow of all that Creator has for us. But it can be so bloody scary sometimes to feel the surge beckoning, to know the shallows was never meant to hold you, not now, as safe as it feels, as much as you needed it. Learning how to walk and grow and move. Now the shallows are just that. They're too shallow for who you are. Do you feel it now? Know it now? Every time you stumble across the sacred, every time beauty moves you, every time you create, every time, it is always the invitation. God holding out God's hand with a whisper. Come swim out here with me, beloved. Come let the currents take you. Come let the water hold you. You no longer need to feel the sand at your feet. And you can hold my hand in the flow. You no longer need to feel the sand at your feet. And you can hold my hand in the flow. I am the water.
and the whale, I am so much larger than anything. So come, swim out here with me, beloved. Once again, I turn to where the waves break. I may be scared, but I make the choice, and it's the only one that matters. I take my feet up from the sand, from security, from the shallows, and I let the water begin to swirl, begin to flow around me, through me, in me. I float out to sea, and the mystery, and the trusting, and the holding, and this new beginning, everything filled with beauty, and invitation, and overflowing everything, absolutely everything. But more than anything, it is me. See, this movement is nothing but the simple acceptance of the self. To love who you are, truly love who you are. This is the invitation. The invitation that changes everything. I'm such a massive Joel McHero fan, not just because of his art, but because of his passion for justice and goodness and beauty. It was actually doing a couple of Joel's courses about creative practice and creative vocation that helped me to the place where I then wrote the children's book for Etu Tangata. And how better to uh, bring a kid's book to you than in the voice of the tamariki who it was meant for. So here is three things to know. An Etu Tangata story. Three Things to Know An Etu Tangata Story. Written by Andy Dixon, illustrated by Andy Knopp. Read by Sophia, Mackenzie, Cora, Kiara, and Elliot Dixon. When you look at you, tell me, what do you see? A tonga, a treasure, or do you disagree? Do you see someone great? Do you see someone small? One that matters a lot, or not really at all. Because sometimes we think, to be someone who counts, we must act the right way, or must somehow stand out. But that's just not true, so I'm here to tell you. If you see it or not, you already have value. What does that mean? Well, it means that you're great. It means that you matter, no room for debate. If you're big or you're small, tall, lean or stumpy, happy or sad or incredibly grumpy, brainy or brawny, inspiring or fun, if you speak several languages or maybe just one, if you love to play sports or are great on guitar, 
none of that changes how special you are, because you had your worth from your very first day, and nothing and no one can take it away. So learn to be you, be as you as can be, because you being you is what everyone needs. When you just be you, and I just be me, and we just be we, then together we'll be so much more than we would if we did it alone, succeeding much more than we could on our own. If you don't pass the ball, then I can't score a goal, and the batter can't hit if there's no one to bowl. A kite doesn't fly if there isn't a breeze. Hugs are no fun if there's no one to squeeze. There's no uncles or aunts without nephews and nieces. And the puzzle's unfinished without all the pieces. If we all work together, we'll get the job done. For when you rise, I rise, like the stars or the sun. For you can succeed when somebody helps you, and you can help them because they matter too. And they had their worth from their very first day, and nothing and no one can take it away. From the littlest baby to the greatest of queens. From the smallest to tallest, and all in between. If they live in a mansion or live on the street, if they like to stand out or to take a back seat, if they're mean or well mannered, if they're nasty or nice, maybe there's someone not everyone likes, or maybe there's someone who doesn't like you. There's still someone valuable, and just like you, they have worth. They are special, so treat them with care, and call out the greatness you know is in there. By encouraging, helping, or just being kind, we all need each other. That's how we're designed. So three things to know as I start to feel value. Firstly, remember that you have value. Take risks and fly high. Put your worth on display, because nothing and no one can take it away. The second thing then is to work as a team, succeeding together in reaching our dreams. And last but not least, before I say goodbye. No others matter, so help lift them high. So I'll just be me, and you just be you, and let's all stand together in all that we do. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Please share this with your friends and spread the love this Christmas. And whatever space you find yourself in during this time, may you know you are seen, you are heard, and you are loved. Join me again for another year of the podcast in 2023. Until then, me inoi Kia me a te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua Kia rite anō ki tō te rangi Hommai kia mātou ai nei E taroma mātou mō tēnei rā Mūro mātou hara Me mātou hoki e muru nei I o te hunga e hara ana kia mātou Aua hoki mātou e kawea Kia whakawaia Engari whakorangia mātou I te kino Amen